welcome to the all-new Two Men on the Run. So this is the first podcast that we've been able to be together since we started this uh, this podcast show. And um, yeah, we're sat one metre apart, uh, but we're finally together, so hopefully the uh, sound quality is going to sound a little better. And uh, we'll have a little bit more interaction because we can see each other's faces. But uh, well, I've got well, my I've got my ruler here, and I'm just <laughs> measuring the. I'm not sh- quite sure we've got the meter. Oh yeah, we've got it now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, welcome, John Joe Doherty, my co-host. How's your week and training been going? Oh, the week. Oh, interesting. Great question. Hmm. Where do I begin? Well, what about you? Go on. You. you so I can think about this. Okay, okay. So, uh, I s- obviously, a couple of weeks ago, did my 144-mile week. Don't know if I, I've told you that. What was all that about? <laughs> and uh, since then, I, I sort of, I think it irritated my left Achilles, which I've always had a, a bit of a problem with from years of wearing spikes on the track and on the cross-country. You were trying um, to injure yourself. Oh, yeah. Trying, trying, and, and, and succeeded. Um, but it's I've got it under control now, so a couple of weeks uh, lower, sort of 50 miles, uh, 40 mile weeks the last couple of weeks but now I'm going to start building back up again building that routine uh, and start going back to that sort of marathon training mileage again uh, I did have in my head and I know I spoke about on previous shows I was going to go for a little bit at the shorter distances maybe look at some short track races because there's maybe they're on the cards in, in August I know, I, can, I know there's a test event uh, being done at Trafford uh, in uh, mid-July, end of July, and one also uh, somewhere down south, uh, Nuneth or something like that. Um, but they just didn't really uh, make me feel motivated when I kept thinking about these short track things. It didn't fire me up. And with my Achilles flaring up as well, I know obviously the speed work was just going to trigger that further. So I've decided, um, you know, no, let's go back to the longer stuff. Because every time I think of the marathon, every time I think of, you know, knocking out big miles and some big intense sort of speed endurance sessions or mile efforts, K efforts, um, you know, 20 times 400s and things like that. I really get fired up and really want to go and do them. So I'm going to go back to that um, and just build in this plan. I've sort of made a massive spreadsheet with all the weeks. Uh, They go all the way to London next year. Um, I think there's about uh, calculations now. I'm going to get this wrong now, but I think it was 38 weeks. It's probably completely incorrect. It's probably 32. That's the other number that's standing out in my head. But it's all there on my spreadsheet. Um, I'm planning it all out. Sat there in the shop at the moment when it's quiet, just putting it all together. I like your cap, by the way. <laughs> the uh, are you, would you be selling those? No, no. This is a promo one. This one, <laughs> little promo cap uh, from uh, uh, from Ultra. I could do with one of those caps. Yeah, they, they can't run in them though. They're, they're rubbish no, for running. No, it's no, a bit sharp as well around yeah, the edges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, I did a circuit uh, to. A couple of weeks ago, I think, um, just a couple of us, and, and Ryan, Ryan Winston, 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 from the Liverpool Harriers. Um, it was tailored for runners. Very interesting. It, it, it was comfortable for me. It was comfortable, but it made sense. Training with Kevin Kennedy. I must give him a, a, a shout out. He's trained with me. For a long time, I don't know, 10 years, he's about 58, I'm 34, and boxer, ex-boxer, and he's been with me through the good times, but more importantly, through the bad times, you know, early on in, in, in my own development, early 20s, and um, he was always there, and we trained together, 
but his training in terms of circuits have been like all out you know we do the bot the sort of the pad work on with the gloves the circuit itself is very intense and it's a full hour at least and then we'd have a sauna generally um so to, to, to see Ryan's idea of a circuit, you know, and sort of the rest periods were much longer, but there was intensity there. And it, it, it kind of made sense. And I, I keep telling my good friend, Kevin, to just calm down a little. Um, we, we had our first session after three months in Queen's Park last night, um, which is in St. Helens, for those of you who don't know, near the Le Leisure Centre. And we, I, I showed him Ryan's circuit, which he enjoyed. And we did some pad work. And I brought over some weights, very light weights, which my brother has kindly given to me. And we also utilized the weights. Tony Clark has, has mentioned, you know, not just the circuit, but also some very light weights, perhaps now that you've got two sessions, additional sessions. Perhaps you're only talking 20, 30 minutes. I'm not quite sure. Whereas, but I've always trained with Keno, as we call him, the boxer, and we've done like an hour, or we, we've done this in the early days three times a week, but I couldn't really develop with the running, doing so much of this, it just felt completely, um, so I reduced that, we want one session a week with my good training partner, uh, Kevin Kennedy, but trying to tailor it around the running, it's its always been very difficult. And I, for many, quite often I'd be doing this on a Friday and then try, attempting to race on the Saturday and it's just a killer and it's just ridiculous and there's no thought to it. So now we do this on a Monday and at least if he does drive me you know, in, into a sort of complete fatigue, then uh, I can get over that. But Still, you, you've got to find that balance, and, and I discussed it with him last night, but I don't, I'm not sure, you know, we, we yeah. Yeah, it's uh, always difficult to, to, to sometimes fit those sort of workouts in around the running. They're obviously, you know, they're key uh, to it, they're a, they're a key thing to, to that progression, um, and, and keeping that whole fitness really, you know, keeping yourself injury free and things like that, uh, and I've always sort of said for yourself that, you know, I think the fact that you've done them for so long and had that as a, as a base to all your training to build upon, it's probably one of the reasons you, you stay relatively injury-free in comparison to, to someone like me who, who picks up an injury uh, at least once or twice a year sort of thing. Because maybe maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's what it the, the, Coupled with the yoga as well. I've done a lot of yoga. So, well, a lot of yoga. I've done a little bit. Um, and using those sort of movements in my own home, you know, um, perhaps those are the reasons why I haven't, and that I've not really had any serious injuries. Then I came to the sport very late. Um, Tony mentioned me being like a brand new car, you know, with with low mileage. <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure about that. That's a nice idea, but there's there's some truth in maybe someone like yourself, or perhaps someone who has been in the sport from day one and 28 years old now, Matthew. Yeah. yeah. So, and they've, but you did have some, some time out, yeah. but they've been right through and they've been doing this from day one and they come to 28 or, or even earlier and they're almost, their body is sort of, it's the wear and tear and it, it's, it doesn't go away. 
perhaps you, you've, you've only got so much life in the body, haven't you? Doesn't yeah, matter who I mean, you are. I think, I think you, obviously you can maintain it. You can do the, that, you know, the yoga maybe or stretching and uh, mm. the strength and conditioning, you know, that keeps you all in one piece. It works the areas where you might be weak from your running um, and helps strengthen them so that, you know, if you do sort of, you know, irritate them while running and things like that, you, you've already strengthened it. It's strengthened, it's there, it's got an underlying base of strength because of either the, the flexibility you've worked into your program or the strength and conditioning work you've worked into it. Uh, and that just sort of keeps you, you know, whole in one piece, really. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very... I'm a very lazy runner, really. Um, what once you've had those injuries, I recall on Shirley Park, you went over on the on the twig, uh, <laughs> and and your ankle just sprang. You know, it's sort of I've never seen you know oh, balloon, yeah, yeah. balloon. But that that's a weakness in your because it's happened before. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, this yeah. one, what I'm getting at is sort of, sort of because I'm such a fresh car. Yeah. <laughs> with lower. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm like just out the factory, <laughs> just out the factory. Um, and I'm, like you're, 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 I'm like a fiesta, just always breaking down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> but uh, but my performances stand for themselves, and uh, you've still got a good way to go to catch me out. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he make you laugh, people? This is why they're all tuned in. You see, the mother of all sports shows. And today we're going to discuss mental health, which is. It's a topic um, you wouldn't want to discuss, but it's important. It is, and, and obviously last week um, our first podcast went live uh, for everyone to listen to, so we're, we're recording these sort of four weeks in advance, um, just to give us a, a bit of a backlog and obviously allow us to, to touch on various topics and things like that and revisit them, um, but a lot of the feedback we got was a lot of people engaged with um, the discussions we were having, uh, related them to their own lives and things like that, and something both in, in both mine and John Joe's lives is, 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 is mental health has been something that's affected both of us um, and something that running has has helped us with. Uh, so it's something you know we want to talk about. Uh, Absolutely. And, and to talk about it is to to go into a place where maybe you needn't, needn't discuss, but some people could benefit you know from people di- discussing their own personal sort of development. And, and the way they view what happened back whenever it happened and getting over things. And sometimes people sadly never get over it. It's suicide, which in St. Helens, by the way, I believe is, is one of the highest in the country for suicide, that this region, this town. Um, and when you hear the figures and you think, you've got to ask the question, why? Why in this particular area? Did, you know, and once you've asked, the, when you start asking those questions, environmental factors, uh, schooling, education, um, uh, all these things are really important. And if you've got the highest suicides in the country, surely you want to do something about it. And we're just going to discuss, I don't personally want to want to go into too much detail, but, but at least reveal sort of that, yeah, personally I have um, suffered depression. And, and um, in my early early breakdowns yeah and Matthew I think you re- talk about your own issues as well I'm going to open this door because it is warm and you're right no problem carry on Matthew yeah so yeah I, I've I've suffered from uh, depression and, and you know sometimes um, running has been both on the positive and the, and the negative side of it to be fair um, so 
you know, my my sort of, I suppose, first initial contact with, with my own mental health issues and things that came around um, the time of my, uh, my with my dad's uh, diagnosis uh, with uh, bowel cancer. Uh, so I was... Um, so you're going back to what, what year was that? So, um, so he was he was diagnosed in 2009, September 2009. So I was in my last year of, of college. So I was a, uh, just turning 18 at the time. So still relatively young. Um, it was 10 years ago now. Um, and yeah, so I was doing my A-levels. Uh, my running was going well um, at the time. But my dad was sort of very much an influential character within my running. Um, obviously both my mum was a, an Olympian in 88, my dad was a coach and a very good um, county level sort of runner um, and probably could have been a, a better level runner um, if he was running in a different time period. Uh, the times he sort of ran would now put him very much in the top of the rankings, whereas back then he was maybe, you know, he'd make the top 100 in a, in a, in a race or something like that. Um, but... Yeah, he'd, he'd sort of been my coach. He'd, we'd travel to races together. We'd you know we'd sing along to songs in the car and stuff like that. We always it was we were very close. Uh, and then and he'd been a runner all his life. Um, and then yeah, he sort of he he had a heart attack in two thousand and six and it nearly killed him. And then he was diagnosed with bowel cancer in two thousand and nine. And for me, it sort of as time went on and as he was being treated for that and as I saw him sort of you know sort of start to to crumble a little bit under the treatments and you know chemotherapy everything like that you know we had a full head of hair and that started to thin and and things and then you know the steroids he was on was we putting him putting weight on and, and stuff and then and also like you know it gave him that little bit of his personality change with it as well because of the, the side effects of the treatments um and he, he, you know he was sort of changing and things and it a lot of it and I was angry I was angry that there was nothing I could do um I was angry at running that you know all this time he'd run all his life but it didn't benefit him he wasn't you know he, he was you know heart attack and cancer it was, it was there he, he didn't you know give him that sort of immunity that I suppose sometimes when you think of runners you think of them being healthy and fit and you know nothing can really touch them um and then also being your dad, you always think, you know you need to put them up on a pedestal as well. So he, when I saw him going through all that, um, it sort of it, you know I started to sort of resent running a little bit. And then as I went away to university uh, the following year, I was away from home. Then I was up in Leeds, and yeah, I sort of I picked up an injury, uh, and that was it really for me. Um, you know I thought, well, what's the point? What's what's the point in all this? Um, you know I didn't have that contact with both my dad as much because I was away and um, I didn't have the contact with with my coach Ray uh, and the club at home either um, and yeah there was just obviously distraction of, of university of studies and things like that um, and I just sort of yeah became resent resentful of, of running and um, I didn't want to do it I didn't see the point in it uh, and so I, I took a, a gap of about four or five years to be fair uh, from running um, and then but you, at that point, do you have any looking back? Do you have any regrets? Perhaps that. Oh yeah, I, massively, and and sometimes again that that sometimes affects me, and and sometimes pushes me on because, you know, the one thing he, he loved, my dad loved, was, was running, and he loved to see me run, and you know probably where I would have been quite a pinnacle in my life of training and, and development as a runner, I sort of packed it in, and he never saw me run, 
to the level that I'm now running today. Um, and he, he would have loved that. He would have loved to have gone to some of the races, the, the night of 10,000s down at Highgate. You know, he, he would have loved that, you know, the atmosphere there and things like that. If you've ever been, you'll know what I'm talking about. If not, um, you know, get down there next year when it's on. It's 10,000 metre races. It's, all the spectators are in lane three. There's beer tents it's a, and live bands. It's, it's a great event. But, you know, things like that, he, he would have loved so much. Um, and then, you know, other races, when I won the Northern Champs last summer on the track, the 5K, you know, he, he would have loved that, uh, to celebrate that with me. Um, so, you know, I, I regret that I didn't continue training. One, for my own purpose of, like, you know, where could I have been now if I'd have not missed those five years' worth of running? Because I've managed to get myself to where I am now in my training, running the times I'm doing, winning the races I'm winning. But if I'd had those five years, could I be even better? Could I be at the next level that I'm trying to get to? Um, could have been there sooner. What about the idea that within those five years where you were really perhaps struggling with, you know, dealing with the fact that your father was sick? Yeah. If you'd have been running at that point, that was the perfect time to turn it to your running and, and focus on... Yeah, that, that, that freeing, yeah. Because that, you know, that is one of the things that the running does. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of freedom. Um, you know, you can get away, you can get out of the house, you can get away from... I suppose escapism a little bit, um, but it also gives you the time to go through the things in your mind, to work out, um, you know, what is going on, try and place things in a more ordered, um, more logical sort of fashion rather than that high level of emotional, um, emotion, you know, emotion that you can sometimes hit when you, you are just trapped inside and, and thinking. And obviously, I think during lockdown, um, that's one of the things that many people have, have found um, you know, they've put on a pair of shoes and headed out onto the roads and trails and, and found that bit of freedom to try and escape that. Many for that the first time. time. Many for the first time. And I've spoken to many of them in the shop as well. And, very that's, good. and that's very much what they're sort of saying and they've found their enjoyment in it. Um, but obviously I, I, I ended up in a place where running I resented running um, up until pretty much up until 2016 where um, some of you who know me will, will know, but I, I have been married um, and now divorced. Um, and at that time, uh, my uh, then uh, wife, now obviously ex-wife now, um, she had an affair, um, and she she left me, um, and it was that sort of point there that then I I did feel that was where I then felt trapped in my life. There was nowhere to there was nowhere to go. I had no outlets. That you know my outlet had been had been that life um, and the plans that I'd had. So on a, um, sorry, on a time scale, you were how old when you, when you were married, when you got married first? Got married. Um, so I got married at 21. Which is very, these, uh, these days, very so young, young. yeah. yeah. Oh, you were 21, you, at the same time you got married, your father was... So we passed away actually four weeks before the wedding. Oh, so it was very right. much, um, okay. the, the wedding should have been a year yeah. a year on from there, but it was brought forward in the hopes that he could be there. Um, and so, you know, when it actually happened and things yeah. like that, you know, maybe it would have been better to have paused it you know, and, and mm. seeing how things went, and obviously high emotional state there. Um, we, and that's one of the things, you can look back and you can say maybe what if and, and that, you, but you, can't, you can't change things that, that, have, that have happened. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was sort of then trapped in 2016, I was sort of trapped in, in not having anything, I'd lost the, the sort of life that was the path and direction I was going on, um, and I didn't have, you know, I didn't know what to do, and, and I thought to myself, you know, one of the things that had happened in, in that in that sort of relationship was sort of not only with my running obviously fallen out of love with my running because of 
to things going on with my dad. But I was also maybe made to feel guilty about running, made to feel guilty about going out of the house and leaving her on her own or whatever while I went for a run. This was in the early days when I, when I was running. Um, when I think back on things and, and look back at them and you reflect on them. And so, you know, I, I got to a point where I thought, you know, let's go back to the first thing I loved. Uh, let's go back to, to running. Let's get out. And I'm still, I was just about to turn 25 at the time. I thought, look, my mum was 32 when she competed in the Olympics. There's still time for me to see if I can get to that sort of level. So is this, is this for... once the, the, the marriage is, is finished? Yeah. This so, was, you, yeah. You sort of so, yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, so I returned to, to running and mm. tried to see what I can do. And I maybe jumped in a little too quickly in it because I jumped up to 70 mile weeks uh, within sort of a month of returning. I came across you, didn't I? In, uh, in Rungeek. I yeah. came across you and that was about, I didn't realise that was about the time when you had just... Just about starting to start running again then, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and you you were you'd put on a little bit of weight you, yeah you were, so I was 14 stone which you know for everyday person probably isn't that much but for me you know as a, as a runner um, at the level I wanted to compete at what, what, I was probably what, how, what do you weigh now uh, so <laughs> so I'm about, I'm about 10 and a half stone now so okay you so know, that's, that's significant significantly yeah. Um, yeah and I probably looked normal at 14 stone but it when you put me into running terms, I, I did look like I was carrying a bit of weight and things like that. I thought you looked fat. Well, <laughs> we did a whole episode on body image a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding you. Um, sorry, carry on, my friend. Carry so, on, you've got... Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was it was then, you know, back into running and, and getting back into running for the enjoyment, for, my, for myself, um, also to see where I could go, but I tried to take it maybe in a more relaxed way than I had done previously when I was in my teens and things like that. I just wanted to enjoy running, enjoy the freedom that it gives you and enjoy the, the community that there is of runners. And so very much at the heart of that, um, I know we've talked about Park Run on, on numerous episodes of the show, um, was St. Helens Park Run. Um, I think one of the first things I went and did was it was the birthday, um, sort of part of St. Helens Park Run birthday, and they do a, they do a pub crawl. Uh, or a pub run. Uh, when, 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 when did that start, the, the park run in St. Helens? So it was it's, uh, five years ago, uh, last Saturday. So you're talking the first weekend in, in July, roundabout. Um, and yeah, so it was five 2015. years ago. 2015. 2015, yeah, 2015. Uh, and you'd restarted running in 2016. So the the part run was already it was already there, and I I was I'd sort of started to get myself back into running I suppose because I was a run director there from the very beginning um, from the very beginning from the very beginning in twenty fifteen oh so despite you not running you actually, I, was, I was still oh, I still had my ties to to running mm. um you know I'd, I'd written my my graphic novel about Prefontaine oh I really enjoyed that novel um so that novel, was, that comic. Was, Graphic novel is what Gra- they call it. Graphic novel, yeah. I enjoyed um, that. So I published that in 2015 and obviously written that while I was at university. So I had, I had my links to running, but I'd sort of, I wasn't running, um, you know, per se myself. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose, that, you know, that birthday party for the, for the St. Helens Park Run, um, met, you know, a lot of people I'd seen faces of, because like I say, I was a run director there, but I'd never really engaged and interacted with them. And yeah, we, you know, we ran from pub to pub. Um, having a pint at each pub and running to the next one and then got to the very end uh, had some nice food and some more to drink and just had a really nice time chatting with people who all loved running um, and had come to it through their own you know various 
events in their own lives that had brought them to it. Some maybe just for fitness, some through you know death of, of loved ones and things like that. Um, some that had been dragged to it by their children and, and stuff. Um, you know, everyone had their own story to tell, and you know that was. I think that's one of the great things about about running. Um, you know, is there's there's so many different backgrounds. Everyone's got a, a different story, and but everyone loves the same thing. They love doing the same thing, and. You know that was brought home again to me um, last year. To be fair, in two thousand and nineteen at the Tour of Merseyside, because um, again that's five hundred people all running. You know, six days, six races across the week, um, and all you know loving it and enjoying themselves and having a laugh and this great community sort of spirit. And that you know it's part of running is I think you know one of those great things and beneficial as well to your mental health because being on your own and things like that can be so uh, insular and so isolating and you know running. There's so many people out there. You'll always find someone you've got something in common with, um, and you can engage and, and talk with them. Um, but then, obviously, you know some aspects of running are you you isolate yourself uh, as you go out on a long run and things like that, and you're doing that on your own. The tour of Merseyside isn't that a money racket? It's a, it's <laughs> it's a it's to be fair, when you look at the prices of it, it's about the same as entering you know six races. It's 150 pound, which yes is expensive but if you broke that down into six to the price of the six races actually works out as entering six races individually so it's a money racket <laughs> anyway <laughs> but it's a great event and i absolutely loved it to be fair yeah yeah when you think of mental health and you, you talk to a lot of the runners um and you hear their stories you realize you know we've all we've all got our issues um, there's no one who sort of gets away. You you you've got to have sort of issues, I think, or in your own life to develop as well. You know, it's just like sort of making mistakes in a particular activity, and you make those mistakes. It could be an art form, and then you learn from that and you develop. And in life itself. I think with more experience and you look back and you think at the time I was very young and I, I felt hurt you know, this was perhaps a natural sort of process to discover oneself and improve and so long as you can get through that period it's it's finding light at the end of the tunnel and sadly for some people perhaps they don't have the support around them um, to, to realise that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and this is where suicide, of course, impacts. They just don't see that they're going to get through this. They can only see the darkness. Uh, and from my own experiences at the time, you know, 19 again, you know, you're talking late teens, late teens, this is a very difficult period um, for many, for many, not all. Um, some people find the, the, the biggest issues in maybe the 30s and 40s and 50s, perhaps they they, they very they go through um, all the stages of development and they have absolutely no problems. And then, of course, for the first time ever, they lose their loved one. They've been married for 20 or 30 years. They could be in their 60s, you know. I th but I think generally, we're, we're, it doesn't matter if you're um, in the highest position in, in society, you've got all the wealth. It's not about wealth, really, I think. You're gonna lose people who you love, um, as you, mm -hmm. as you yeah. and you. How do you deal with that? And it, it's it's very difficult, very difficult. Um, sorry, you're gonna say something, Matthew. 
Just a pause for a moment. <laughs> oh well, I was just gonna say on that on that we obviously mentioned um, suicide there and that the support around you and I think it's it's easier uh, when you are down to start to think um, about suicide. Is is it you know the, the, sometimes the, the thoughts do run through your mind and I have to admit that you know when I was really down and stuff they they ran through my mind. But when I thought about it, I thought that you know. I had that support around me. I had my mum and my brother and things like that. I had really good support, and that was always the bit that I suppose made me sort of think, well, no, you know, that's not a, a choice or an option or anything because I have that support. And that's where, obviously, like you say, the people that maybe do maybe feel that they don't. Oh, have I, rec- that I recall. Thing, I recall. So. I recall also um, thinking about suicide. Um, and they say, you know, the figures are one in three people have a serious sort of mental sort of breakdown, I think, you know, or it can be termed that at least. Um, so you're not on your own there. Um, we've got a hundred percent in this room here, su- su- thoughts of suicide, you know. Um, but when you look, when you ask all those questions and you delve into people's lives, you realise everyone has, you know, huge obstacles to overcome you got to keep the faith um, but when you're a late teenager developing you've not seen life and you don't realize that you can't get over huge obstacles and to keep the faith and to believe that things will get better and you can make better decisions for yourself because I think for me that was the thing I made bad decisions um, and and you know, talking teenage sort of years, bad decisions, um, which led to um, myself being embroiled in, in difficulties and being submerged by that feeling of being your head going under the water and just wanting to get out. And yet, I don't know what it is, divine intervention, um, fate, or just that inherent belief an integrity in my own soul of doing good, I think, that got me out of there. Um, I wasn't completely corrupted. I, I was never corrupted in that sense, really, but or that idea of corruption. I always wanted to do good, right down at deepest sort of spirit, spiritual sort of being. I wanted to do good, and yet I found myself completely submerged. And I think it was that, just that held on and it, it got me through somewhere, I don't know how, but, and then you, you just, and then the running was that was after that for me and, and, and um, I was part of, um, some people know my story, you know, but they don't know it, they think they know it. Um, I think you as the individual perhaps know your own story, even family members think they know all the details, but they, they, you know, you they don't have those feelings. They don't feel those those feelings. Um, yeah, it's it's a topic that I'm enjoying discussing with you because I think there are a lot of people out there who may, may or may may not listen, but it it could just discussing them openly. Um, it, they could could be just, sort of, just something they could grasp hold of. Yeah, I I always I always think that 
talking about it um, is 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 one of the you know the best things you you can do to be fair. I'm not, sh- I'm not hundred- um, yeah, that's a good. Also, to, only to people that you you trust and things. Yeah. That I don't, you know, I think sometimes you see a lot of people post to Facebook and things like that, and I think mm. you know maybe Facebook, social media, um, can be the real negative t- to it to sort oh, of things. To be yeah. fair, I think you better face to face discussions with with your loved ones, with with those that you would say are your support and things like that, yeah. um, rather than than to sort of post across social media what's going on in your in your life and what's getting you down or something no, it does because good. you can get just as easily as you might get support you can get attacked by people on there and um and that will put you in a in a worse place to be fair and I, i've think, al- um, always held on to this idea that when you start discussing when you go so deep into your own sort of life with with people um like opening up a can of worms and if it's the wrong person, they will treat you differently. And that's the last thing you want, to be treated differently. Um, especially when you're at your weakest. You know, when you're at your weakest. It's okay now, perhaps, for me, talking about things. Because I feel very strong in, in many ways. Well, no, it wasn't. You know, you're never completely sort of whole. You're always trying, striving to improve. Nobody's perfect. But... Um, I do recall making the mistake of, uh, I can clearly picture this particular gentleman as well and, and revealing far too much about my, and he didn't grasp any of anything of what I was saying. And from that moment forward, he treated me differently. And I just kind of, you know, I, I didn't sort of feel comfortable around that person then because I knew he was sort of treating me differently. Um, so, yeah. I think you're right. You've got to speak to the to, to just got to, if you're going to start talking, digging up, you know, stuff about yourself. Maybe it should be a professional account for someone like that. Um, I've also I've also done that, you know, um, and and it helped and maybe it didn't, you know. It, it depends. Yeah, I've um, I've, I've yeah. done that as well, and yeah, yeah I think um, I think some people have uh, in their head that you know it won't help and stuff, and I think sometimes it's. It's, it's good just to maybe go and try the process because, I mean, for me personally, my thoughts on it was, you know, you've got someone to talk to that they have no investment in you. They, you know, you can say apart whatever from you fi- want. Financial. Apart from financial. <laughs> <laughs> Though I suppose if it's on, the, it, it's on dra- the NHS, it's, 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 well, it's not as much. But, uh, drag out the process. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you, you know... They don't have that investment, so sometimes when you talk to a loved one and things like that, and you're trying to tell them, you you, you can sometimes feel um, as if you're putting too much on them and putting too much pressure on them. Then to sort yeah. of help to, to come up with some solution for you, and, and you're not in search w- of a solution. Maybe you're just in search of the support, but you can build it on yourself, and maybe they can build it, you know, as well. And but talking to you know someone that's a counselor that's got that sort of you know, that, not that a complete investment in you or anything like that. Um, You're going to have to change that. Free. Have to change that word investment because that's well, exactly <laughs> what it is. It's <laughs> business, business. But um, yeah, I think you. Yeah, it's it's. But it's when you're when you're in that position, and you're at your lowest point, um, it's hard to make those kind of calculated decisions. I mean, um, well, I'll, I'll speak to someone you know professionally, but it's. You know, or I'll speak. You don't. You, you just grasp, don't you, for anything, perhaps, or you just hide away, lock yourself away, and um, very difficult, very difficult. And there's a pause there. 
as we contemplate these feelings. I, I've recently um, attempting to read the Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the Roman Emperor, and this idea, memento mori, remember you will die. Um, and this thought was carried with, with the Stoics. And the Stoics, I believe, was 300 BC, and he was 161 AD. So it's it was spanned quite a lot. And reading about this, this, he was an enlightened Roman emperor. Yes, there was such a thing, Marcus Aurelius. And reading the meditations, and the reason they thought about death, quite just changing the subject in a way, but it's connected, because they did, it wasn't in a... Um, depressing way that they were thinking about death. They were thinking about their own mortality to, to strive to do the most that they could do. Like when you think about the span of decades, you know, thousands of years, and we've got history in place to prove that, you know, um, that there's a certain amount of history to humanity, uh, quite a lot. And you think about your own existence, could be 50 or even 100 years. That is like a... a a small sort of so small isn't it within the time scale of, of, of humanity and then when you you think about your own death you think well let's get out there let's do some good let's make progressive small changes in our own life to affect positively the people around us because we're here for such a small amount of time uh, and perhaps to to get sucked into depression and all these um, think about how, how that short space that you, that, of lo life that you've been given here and now, and this is why they, I think they, they the memento mori, the, the remember you should, and they often um, thought about this, um, and and that maybe that's something, um, but the disciplines, the disciplines, I, and I'll tell you what really helped me, um, it was keeping a journal, for the first time in my life. Every day I wrote a page, and I did it for about four or five years, uh, and I got sort of, sort of it became like, um, in the end, a chore, and that's why I dropped it. It was a mistake to drop it. Marcus Aurelius, he kept a journal in the mornings and in the evenings, and he thought for the day, and, and sort of, what, what sort of, what are we gonna do tomorrow? What we, and, and there was a plan, um, and structure, discipline, and we've talked about Jumbo Elliot. You should, if you want to be good at anything, if you want to be good at running, you sleep, eat, drink, and train, and shit like and a shit. clock, like <laughs> a clock, you know. Uh, and the discipline, and people get afraid of discipline, but discipline can—I I think it can save you. It can make you so much more um, productive. It can stop all the procrastinations. I, I, recently, I've been procrastinating because I've got lots of work going on, roofs and stuff, and and then there's a bath. Don't ask me why. There's a bath, another bath in the living room, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking around this. I'm thinking, when is this going to end? What have I got myself in? And I've started to procrastinate because I've not been keeping sort of and I, uh, writing stuff down and and saying, well, I'm going to do do this today. I'm going to do that, and I've just started sort of dwelling on things and sitting back. And with no plan um, but what I'm trying to say is having a plan being disciplined could well help those people like myself once upon a time more so even today as in some ways you know you still have bad days don't you but to having a plan being disciplined 
and, and the running, of course, getting those endorphins, um, getting out there, the fresher, and okay, the thought of doing it, if you're depressed, the thought of getting out there and going for a run, um, oh, I can't be bothered, I just want to lie down and, and die and, and watch um, the Big Bang Theory or something, you know, <laughs> uh, all day long, but no, get out there, make it part of your routine, um, and within, I imagine, a short space of time, you start to feel much better, and and you can yeah, small you, steps. That's it, and and you know obviously there's there's the thing of the runner's high as well. Um, you know is a is a is a big thing. Um, a lot of people sort of some uh, to be fair sometimes can be a negative because people can end up trying to chase that runner's high and and find that you know similar to to be a reason people take um, drugs and things like that for for that sort of feeling that the endorphins that it releases. But um, no, I I completely agree with it, especially with that. That uh, philosophy of uh, Marcus Aurelius, uh, that sort of you know, you you will die sort of thing. And as but for me, the the way I, I the, the sort of I suppose. Don't get me wrong. Uh, we may come back again. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, reincarnation, maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. But the, I suppose that the philosophy I use was something I, I wrote, and I, I don't know whether I, I took it from somewhere else, but I wrote it um, as part of my dad's eulogy at, at, at his funeral, which was, um, um and it was related to, to running, uh, basically that um that uh, life is is like a race it's it's not a race to the to the finish line to get there first but it's a, a race to take the most beautiful route um you know to meet people that fill your life with joy um to explore and experience uh, you know everything that the world has to offer and at the end of life you want to look back on that race that that route that you've taken and feel you know that you succeeded that, that that you filled it with everything you could have done that you don't have regrets there's nothing you know that you wish you, sh- you should have done and things like that you enjoyed it and you you feel fulfilled by that and that's that you know that is taking that gold medal in in life i often think about my own existence and i don't do enough i don't do enough um so many places to visit and see well maybe maybe not at the moment but um i thank god what am, I, what am I doing, you know, uh, time's passing me by, I've only got so much time, um, but then there is the argument where you, you enjoy your current sort of environment and you don't chase everything, um, sort of the consciousness of mindfulness, of being, you can be contented wherever you are, um, so many sort of philosophies, but they do interlink. Yeah. Um, I say like live in the moment sort of stuff, that is, you know, sort of tying into what you're saying there. Um, enjoy what you what you have now and enjoy what you've got in front of you sometimes you know that's it it's some of the things I've noticed um, the last probably couple of weeks when we've been out running um, with yourself or, or with Dave Wilson as I've headed over to sort of crank and billing shot away on, on some runs is you know there's so much beauty just on our doorsteps here in St. Helens and you know people think of St. Helens they think you know old coal mining industrial sort of town and stuff like that you know a high street that's very empty and there's nothing there and stuff and but you know you can go a mile out in, in many directions and end up in just beautiful countryside rolling green hills and you know uh, woods and everything like that and it's just that's right on the doorstep you don't have to chase you know go abroad to you know these nice sort of idealistic picturesque sort of postcard places and things like that you just get out of your house go the, run be free they're on your doorstep they are on your doorstep and yeah perfect get out there and, and and live that balanced life and sleep let's not forget sleep is so important 
in good men's oh, and mental health. I think for many, for many years, this is what, what I, going back to what happened to me, you know, the exhaustion of, of being sort of pulled in so many different directions, um, partly trying to achieve my father's sort of, um, you know, to excel in every, you know, and you sort of be trying to, and you're being pulled so far, and the sleep thing, so as soon as you start chipping away at that consistently, you're going to be functioning during the day, whenever you are awake, sort of, you're not going to be functioning and, and on the same level. Um, sleep's so important. Balance. Um, finding that center ground within yourself and running, it can be a godsend. Um, but when you're, when you're trying to achieve, um, um, you want to be the fastest in whatever, you know, that in itself, the, the issue with, with elite runners, I suppose, is that you've got to lose balance in your own life to to find out that winning formula, would you not say? Uh, yeah, I suppose. And, and, and to be fair, I'm glad you brought it back to sort of that performance side of running a little bit because there was something I wanted to talk about, but it, it just wasn't fitting into it, which was, for me personally, that that I utilised that, that pain, that sort of those dark times in my life as um, as a weapon within my running. Um, you do now. I, I do, do now. now I do now. Yeah. yeah, you know, to to sort of when you know when you're out in a race and you you you're racing hard and you've got to dig, you've got to dig deep, you've got to you've got to push yourself through pain, both maybe physically, maybe mentally tired in the in the race itself. Um, I I always try and think that you know I've I've suffered and that suffering there, you know, is nowhere near the intensity that I'm I'm suffering in this race and. And that's more pain that I've been dealt than my competitors. And that, that might, obviously, you know, they might have gone through just as much pain or more so, but at least in my own head mentally to think that, you know, that pain is, you know, that suffering that I've, I've had in my past is something I can utilise and makes me, you know, stronger, makes me have more heart, more, um, you know, a higher pain threshold than, than them gives me, can give you that little bit of edge as well. Yeah, in the race. And, and, and so blessed to be in a position to be able to go into that race, just to be there because of all, as you say, well, yeah. the, all the pain, the suffering, I'm still here. I, I didn't, you know, take my own life. Uh, I'm still here. And I got an opportunity to apply myself in something positive. Uh, and yeah, I, I completely um, have the, uh, those, those thoughts as well, actually. Um, I look back and, and, and then when you go into the, and you think about the pain barriers and such, you think, I suffered so that is nothing compared to what I was feeling in those darkest and bleakest of times. And with that, as always, we're finishing on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as always, we finish on that. Uh, I, I that really enjoyed. I, re I really enjoyed um, discussing this. Actually, I, I was, did, I was, was quite was... quite fearful of, of discussing, um, but it, it it feels good um, to discuss this. That's almost a meter apart. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. And and hopefully, you know, those listening will be able to maybe relate to it, take something in their own, and maybe we've we've helped someone there. I don't know. That'd be nice. We be might nice. not have done. Yeah. Uh, we could have made it worse. Um, we helped ourselves. Perhaps we I did. Must be. That's true. Just by discussing it here, yeah. 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 And um, so, thanks for listening to Two Men on the Run. Um, Two Men on the Run. <laughs> yeah. 
We've got a, a great episode as well coming next week. Um, it's our sixth one in our sixth episode on the, on the cycle. What we'll do is we'll bring in a guest, a very special, uh, a very guest. special guest, and uh, we'll interview them. So we'll change up the format a little bit. Uh, what we'll also be doing as well is there'll be a bonus episode coming out after that, uh, where we want to hear from you. Uh, we want your thoughts on any of the topics we've discussed over these these last, um, I think, five episodes so far. Um, want to hear I've, your thoughts. I've been, I've been getting thoughts um, and comments from people, very positive. I was surprised. you know. Um, uh, and those thoughts and feelings, if you send them in a voice memo, we'll... We'll get that in there. Yeah. That's a, we'll put it. We'll put it in the episode yeah. on the bonus yeah. episode, and uh, we'll have a little bit of discussion as well on on your thoughts and things like that. So yeah, um, get in touch, drop us those messages, or ask us how how you can, and we'll we'll uh, we'll tell you. Because um, obviously you, you might not have our numbers and things to do it over WhatsApp, but yeah, get in touch with us. Let us know um, your thoughts on what we've talked. Wonderful. About Looking forward to hearing from the people, and also having my breakfast. <laughs> because it's it's very early and that's a surprise perhaps to some people that it's it's only now it's what half nine um it's very early in the day to be having these discussions and and that's another thing um the idea of, of starting early um getting it done we've got the rest of the day now to uh, to have breakfast <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening all the best people